Absolutely disgusted. Episode 25. Thank you for joining me for yet another United Daily Report. Today, amongst the, the festivities of the Champions League final, which just concluded a few hours ago, Liverpool have been defeated by Real Madrid thanks to a goal by Vinicius Jr. And just like that, all Manchester United fans rejoice. As yet another Liverpool super team fails to do anything of note. Uh, you know, we, we throughout the season, we've heard it. We've heard quadruple. Quadruple this, quadruple that. Well, now you, they didn't even manage to win the treble. Manchester United continue to be the only English side to ever complete the treble. I don't want to ever hear another Liverpool fan say or bring up the fact that they're one of the best. This Liverpool side is one of the best English sides of all time. Rubbish. Bullshit. Horse feathers. You will never reach the quality, the the, 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 the legendary status, 98-99 team, or the, the 2008. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight knowing they, they uh, bottled it. Actually, they played pretty well in the final. Courtois just was... Absolutely out of his mind. He was amazing in goal. Literally saved them. Man of the match, I believe he won. And fully deserved too. So thank you Courtois for uh, saving me from the toxicity that would have would have uh, came with uh, Liverpool winning. We could all rest easy. So today we're going to talk about Ten Hag's adventures in the transfer market. Whitwell, which is a very... Reliable source for Manchester United tier one Tier one source now Whitwell is saying a few things actually a laundry list of things We're gonna go through them Manchester United negotiating Frankie de Young's fee with Barcelona and Golo Kante set to be available for a price cut Darwin Nunes transfer overseen by George Mendes Harry Kane staying at Spurs and center back lower down the list of priorities for Ten Hag so Obviously, a few things there to unravel. First, Frankie de Jong's fee is being negotiated with Barcelona. Now, this is a bit surprising for me because a few days ago, it seemed like Frankie did not want to go anywhere. He wanted to stay. He wanted to stay with Xavi, play Champions League football, blah, blah, blah. They are negotiating a fee. Makes it seem like it's very, in you know, a semi-advanced position where Frankie has changed his mind, which is great for us because I Frankie de Jong... Don't get me wrong, is one of the is one of my top targets for the summer. He would vastly improve our midfield. The fact that makes me uneasy about him is his unwillingness to leave. I don't really want a player to sign for us if they're being, you know, semi forced to or if they don't believe one hundred percent in the club and wanting to come to the club. So I don't know, I'm still up in the air about that. Not to mention the hefty, hefty transfer fee he'll come with. Somewhere, I'm guessing, somewhere north of $70 million, which is going to severely hinder Ten Hag's wiggle room in other positions because of the reported transfer budget he was given. You know, if you go after a 70, pound, 70 million pound player, you don't have the, the, the luxury of 
spending big in other positions. But we'll continue to track Frankie DeYoung's saga. Another uh, uh, highly rated midfielder, well, maybe not these days, N'Golo Kante is set to be available for a price cut. Kante, wow, what, I mean, great player, great person, um, but not the right signing right now for Manchester United. He, he is injury prone and he's north of 30. We'd just be taking a, a big risk. A big risk. If you want a great return on investment, there's other younger defensive midfielders out there that we should go after. I think N'Golo Kante a few years ago might have been an amazing signing, but in this in this current time, not so much. And then lastly, a center back. Oh, actually, Harry Kane is staying at Spurs. That's not a surprise, seeing what Kante has been able to achieve with them. And then lastly, center back lower down the list of priorities. For Ten Hag. Uh, it doesn't say in relation to a, the striker position. Now we know the midfield position is of higher priority than the center back position. But after we after we get our, you know, after we solve, assuming we solve and bring in um, midfielders that Ten Hag is happy with, what's the next priority position? Is it striker or is it center back? That's a great question for, for Ten Hag to answer. But for me, I think it has to be center back. Defensive stability is key. Defense wins championships. We need a signing to play alongside Varane because I do not trust any of our center halves right now in the squad. One little tidbit here from a tier two source. This is a Par- Barcelona Spanish source so that says, quote, Ten Hag has called several times to convince Frankie de Jong at first, De Jong was unwilling to listen to offers because he wants to play in the Champions League. But during the calls, Eric Ten Hag explained the project to De Jong. And little by little, the Dutchman took a closer look at the operation, end quote. I mean, doesn't that quote make it sound like someone who is wiretapping Ten Hag's calls? These are private calls between a player and a manager. How do you know? How does any source, how does any journalist find out those details of a private call there is no way this is real this is completely fabricated and the only way is if frankie himself or his entourage or eric ten Hag or his entourage leaked this to the press which is highly impossible so this is the type of stuff that you get from the media these days now lastly we're going to speak about touch on our financial situation the quarterly results are out for Manchester United. Our overall revenue is up 29.2% from last year, which is not a surprise because, as you know, we had no fans in the stadium last year. We do this year. So, of course, ticket sales and merchandise, stuff like that. More importantly, the net debt of the club, closing in on £500 billion, is up 11.8% from last year. Something else to thank the Glazers for, of course, we know their we know of their leech behavior to suck revenue out of the club and into their own pockets. Um, just a little note: our shares in the open stock market of Manchester United is about twelve dollars and seventy nine cents a share. If we do the simple math with the shares available, that puts our valuation at. Just over two billion for a club, and then you look at Chelsea's 
a recent takeover bid, which was over five billion pounds, Chelsea is more than twice as valuable as Manchester United. We've prided ourselves on being one of the most valuable clubs in the world. You know, we always see those Forbes top 10 most valuable sports clubs on the planet lists come out every year. And we're always in the top five, top three. We're always up there with Cowboys, Yankees, Barcelona, Real Madrid. But now Chelsea has surpassed us. Year by year losing position on that list. And it just goes to show Glazers ruining the football side of the club. And now have no handle on the financial side of the club. So what are they really good at? What are they here to do in the club except take money and increase the debt? They're not helping the football side. They're not doing anything for the financial side. What good are they? No care for for anything that's happening. Just blinders on. It's like they don't even watch or understand the environment that we're in at the moment. And it's, it's very frustrating to say the least. So this has been episode 25 of the United Daily Report. Join me tomorrow for another, and cheers, guys.